Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined once again by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. Guys, we've been learning so much from the book of Mark already, and I'm really looking forward to digging into week three of the Bible Savvy Reading Plan. Eric, what passage are we looking at today? All right. Today's passage is Mark chapter 9, verses 14 to 29, which is actually part of Wednesday's reading this week in the Bible Savvy reading schedule. So since I'm comma guy today, walking us through the comma method, Clayton is going to read it for us. All right, here we go. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? Jesus asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever he seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. Man, there's a lot in there, right? One of the reasons we're doing this podcast is sometimes you read the Bible and you go, what the heck do I do with all of that? And this is only a portion of Wednesday's reading, right? So that's why we walk through the comma method, because it helps us kind of get some handles on not only understanding what we're reading, but then ask the question, like, why is this even in the Bible? And what am I supposed to do with it today? Like, I live in 2020. I got four kids in my house. I got yard work to do. So <laughs> there is a lot here. Okay, so uh, the C in the comma method is context, right? We know context is king. You don't want to take anything out of context. So uh, I just noted one, one, major, one major thing. And this is, you know, we always say you want to get a good study Bible, right? And so... I found this in the notes of my NIV study Bible. So this isn't something that you have to be a teaching pastor or an executive pastor for 20 years to get this kind of information. If you have a good study Bible, so this is the kind of information you can get. So in 2020, we tend to separate mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical. Like we put them in very distinct categories. And we know that's kind of not the right thing to do because if you think about getting hangry, you know when people say hangry, <laughs> if you're physically hungry it affects your emotions and your attitude. So we know that there's an awful lot of overlap between the spiritual, the emotional, the mental, and the physical. Uh, 
And so when I looked at the study notes, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. So you look at this and you'd be like, okay, this kid had some physical manifestations and the diagnosis that is just assumed here is there's an evil spirit causing this. Now today we would go, well, you're going to mix those categories. You're going to mix a spiritual category with a physical category. We struggle with that today, even though we know they overlap. Um, but back then in that culture, they wouldn't have automatically assumed that every sickness was because had a spiritual root to it, but they didn't dismiss it immediately either, right? And so it wasn't uncommon for them. It w- it w- nowadays, it'd be weird. Like if, if someone's had a physical uh, issue, like a disease, and you said, I wonder if this is being caused in the spiritual realm, someone might look at you like you're a cuckoo. Yeah, right? we, don't, we don't even consider that. It's not, it's not one of the, the categories we yeah. really go to. So, but in this culture... They, they were more apt, more quick to be okay with an overlap in these categories. So that, that's some context there that helps us read it a little bit more naturally. And then we move to the O in comma, which is observation, right? I think one of the biggest observations or questions everyone has about this, this episode or this text is, wow, Jesus's tone is really interesting in this. Yeah. It, it seems like he's, <laughs> what? I put an adjective in there. It seems like Jesus is rude. Yeah, just he's frustrated, dis- frustrated, disappointed, all of the above. Just annoyed. Yeah. yeah. So here, here's what I would say: sometimes great observations are actually also great questions. And I know a lot of people when they're when they're reading the Bible and they don't immediately understand what they're reading, they get frustrated by their questions. And so that's want to pause here and say. I think when you have great questions, those are also great observations, right? It's the O in comma. And I think the fun part about reading the Bible, one of the most fun parts is chasing down your answers. Yeah. yeah. Right? And, and, you know, every time you learn something, it comes with about a thousand new questions. Right. And to me, that's the fun part of the Bible. So I would just say to everyone listening to our podcast, don't let your questions frustrate you. Like somehow everyone else is an expert and they immediately get answers to their questions. No, let your questions be like this curiosity that makes your Bible reading fun. So one of, one of these observations is like Jesus's tone. And the context actually helps you a little bit think about this. Okay, Jesus was just up on that mountain, transfigured. So we were getting a glimpse of his glory. And the father says, this is my son. Listen to him. There's this, there's this moment, right? And he comes down the mountain. And I don't necessarily, I, I bet if we had Clayton read this again, and I said, make Jesus' tone angry and frustrated, you could read that, and he could come across as angry and frustrated. If I said, read it as if Jesus is sad. Mm. Yeah, this, yeah. You could read that same text with a sadness in Jesus' voice, like this, like Jesus know, knew why he came. He knew what his mission was, right? And so when he says like, man, like how long? do I have to, like, how long am I going to be with this faithless generation? Like, he knew why he came. I, I don't read it as much as he's angry or frustrated. I read it as he knew his mission, and his mission wasn't easy. I think it's, I put it in the same category when Jesus wept. Yeah. He knew he was going to raise that dude from the dead, so he couldn't have been crying about his death. I think he was crying about the state of humanity and just the sadness of all of that. And so when I, when I, you know, one of my observations is when I'm looking at his tone, um, now he was confrontational a lot of times. 
right? There's no doubt about it. Like when he talks to the religious leaders, sometimes he calls them hypocrites or broods of vipers or whitewashed tombs. Like, so that always, that always, what do you guys always, you know, when people ask you like, why does God seem so angry in the old Testament? But Jesus is so nice in the New Testament. I'm like, what are you reading? Yeah, are you reading the same gospels I am? (laughs) So anyway, I was probably long-winded on that, but you know, I thought it was worth some time to talk about his tone, uh, tone there. Okay, so my other observations, and I'm going to ask you guys to jump in with yours because there's no such there's no such thing as wrong observations. Whatever jumps out to you jumps out to you, right? So now there's wrong conclusions, but there's no such thing as wrong observations. Uh, The guy says, "I do believe, but help me with my unbelief." Yeah. Jesus' question, if I can, that just jumped out at me as funny. Um, Interesting, because we've been reading through Mark, the disciples had previous success with casting out evil spirits in Mark chapter 6. But for some reason in this case, it's somehow different because they're not having success with this one. Uh, And then Jesus' comment to them that this one comes out only by prayer. Yeah, it's a a little, it's a curiosity like, well, how are you going to know which ones you need to pray for? Are there yeah. some you don't need to pray for? <laughs> yeah, or, right. like, or at least he seems to be suggesting there's different kinds of scenarios with evil spirits. Yeah. And there may not be one playbook that addresses all of it. So you just feel like your mind starts like melting out of your ears because you're like, whoa, great, what do I do with that? <laughs> I don't so, even know the first scenario. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, well, what do you do? So what, what observations jumped out to you guys in that text? Maybe I just covered them all. Sorry. I just fired off like a machine gun. The big thing for me was Jesus being disappointed. He had that disappointed type of um, tone to his voice by even calling the people an unbelieving generation, right? Like that, that in itself is just like, really? Like how, what, do, what else do I need to do? What else do I need to say? What else do I need to show you in order for you to get it, for you to get who I am, for you to get what you need to like, come on, like catch up, you know what I mean? Catch on to what, to what's happening here. Um, and yeah, I, I like, I kind of was like, yeah, is, is he harsh? Is he being harsh? Is he being disappointed? And it's just, I think it, it, it all kind of comes together in the sense of saying like, I'm not going to be with you forever. And this is the work that eventually I'm going to leave for you to do once I leave. And you got to kind of pull it together and, and get on the same page with me. You I'm know? leaving my mission to these guys. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Like, can you imagine that moment where he's just like, really? Like, that's, that's, what, I was, that's what I was picking up on. And I, it's like, you turn it to, your, to yourself and be like, yeah, you could probably say the same thing about me sometime. You know what I mean? Like, seriously. Well, there, there, there's a, a difference in, in frustration that comes because someone's inconvenienced you or let you down or it's sort of like, this hurts me. Yeah. Um, versus I, I feel bad for you. Like I, I think about with uh, my children, there are times when I know that the thing that will make it so that their moment, their day, their life goes better is something they just, it's simple. They could, they could just do it. And I feel frustrated with them for their sake. You know, it's it's out of love that I'm thinking, how long is it going to take for you to get this? I, I'm, I'm really trying to help you understand this. Yeah, that's good. Um, the other thing that I, I observed um, was the father. Like, Put yourself in that guy's shoes mm. where for years he's been doing this, where years he's like, his life was on the line all the time. He'd have a seizure and he'd get thrown into the fire or the water. How scary, how hard was this man's life to, to raise this boy? Mm-hmm. And, and then to come to Jesus, I, I can understand why he would say, well, if you can. And, and Jesus calls him out on it, but still I can sympathize with the man for saying, well, I went to all sorts of people, including your disciples, 
and I still haven't found a solution. So I guess if you want to try, you can try. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. All right. So when we're doing observations, uh, the Bible savvy method, the the acronym is treats to look for treats, which is T R T S. So the first T is theme. So as I was reading through this, I just saw belief popping up a lot. Like, Mm -hmm. Do you, do you believe or faith? Faith, yeah. Um, he calls him an unbelieving generation. Uh, the guy says, I do believe, help me with my unbelief. And so I'm like, okay, some, some, somehow in this, there's this whole notion of believing in Jesus, believing in the power of Jesus, having faith in Jesus um, in there. Uh, then the, the R in treats is looking for repeating words or phrases. And so once again, belief and unbelief are in there, right? And then evil spirits are all, all over this story. You just can't escape it. Uh, then T for truths. Uh, the one I drew out, and I'd be interested to hear what you guys would draw out on this. Uh, I simply just put down Jesus has power over evil. So sometimes the things that you feel like, oh, this isn't like some you know amazing insight. Like, oh, I, I never thought of that before. It's like the really obvious one might actually be the most significant and the the thing you should focus on. Mm-hmm. Jesus has power. Yeah, because you know. It, it's so interesting because I, I learned early on in in being a Christian, I was taught that there's not like this equal power struggle going on between God and Satan, yeah. right? It's not like these two equal forces duking it out. God has all the power. Evil or Satan's only play is deception to get you to believe a lie, to act on it. And so he doesn't have any really pa- any real power unless he can trick you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but we so quickly go back to this thinking of that this world is somehow a battle between good and evil, and those are two equal forces. Well, this episode just reminds us when I put down Jesus has the power over evil, Jesus, like, if I can. <laughs> it's almost yeah. like he's saying, um, I could raise a pinky and that evil spirit would be gone. I could say one word and that evil spirit's going to be gone. This is not a power struggle. Right. This is the almighty, omnipotent God versus everything else, right? So um, that's why I wrote that one down. And then the, the, la- the last one in treats, it's T-R-T-S-S for anything striking. This is what struck me. The assumption by everybody in this episode, not our podcast episode, like the episode in the Bible, that's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Uh, the assumption that the disciples should have been able to do what Jesus did. Yeah. Yeah. The dad thought they should have been able to. The disciples themselves thought they should have yeah, been able to. Yeah, they asked the question, why couldn't we? Jesus seemed to be frustrated that they couldn't. So I, I just, that's what struck me, like the assumption that followers of Jesus mm. should be able to do what Jesus did. Yeah. I don't know. In, in the American church, I don't know how we do with that one. Well, you, you, you always feel afraid of like, well, if I assumed I could do that, what if... What if I end up like the disciples and I can't, you know? So you, should we just don't try? I think it's scary for people to for people to think that they can do the things that Jesus did. Like, can you imagine being in those kind of a situation? Like the, all of the scenarios that you read about Jesus being, that you find him in in the Bible, casting out evil spirits, like your average person wouldn't be like, hey, give me bring me somebody who has an evil spirit so I could try to cast it out. They're, they're going to try to get as far away as they can potentially from that situation. So I think a lot of people feel like that's, it, it's not even accessible to them. 
It's not like you can do a workshop on it in church. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, we're going to practice. How, would, how yeah. would you practice that, right? Like I can do a workshop on understanding the Bible. I mean, we're doing a podcast right now. Maybe we have to do an evil spirit podcast. <laughs> See, now, now that's why context is king, because if you take that statement out of context, you can make me say crazy things. All right, moving on. We've done context. We've done observation. And now it's time for meditation. So this is where we're just going to give you 45 seconds or so. We're just going to play some music on the podcast, and this is where you just think and ask God, what is it that you want me to take away from, from this today, right? And this is what we would do in our, in our daily Bible reading. So uh, here's what I'm going to, just to kind of focus your time today, since uh, I'm the one that had to do the common method for this episode, uh, I want you to focus in on the statement, everything is possible for those who believe. So let's take 45 seconds or so and just think about that. Everything is possible for those who believe. Let's move on to the next M in comma, which is message. So you're, you're now, you're, you've read it, you've read it in context, you've made some observations, and now you're going to start kind of narrowing down and saying, okay, so what is the message that comes out of this story for me? Uh, and once again, in the, in the Bible savvy method, the acronym is SPECS. S for sin to confess, P for promise to claim, E example for follow, C command to obey, and S any statements about God. All right, so S sin to confess. I looked at that and said, is there any sin to confess? One didn't really jump out at me. I guess maybe unbelief could be a sin to confess. Um, but it, as I was reading it for myself, that didn't jump out at me as the message for me. Uh, promise to claim. There certainly is one in here. Everything is possible for those who believe. Woo. Yeah. Hook onto that one. You know, is that just wishful thinking? Um, or uh, like my kids, my kids, uh, when we're like playing video games or do your kids get frustrated when you play video games? How old are your kids again, Clayton? Uh, my kids are, are not allowed to play video games. We're oh, okay. This is, this is, this story is going to be terrible then. <laughs> okay. So in my house, not only do we play a lot of video games, <laughs> but we're very competitive when we play video games and controllers get thrown in my house <laughs> and it is all part of the fun. Like Mario Kart, when you're playing Mario Kart and you like someone's about to cross the finish line and you drill them with the, the blue shell with the, with the wings <gasps> and you just blow them up. Dude, that is so awesome. <laughs> So, uh, so like if someone's having a bad Mario Kart day and they're getting really mad, this is when one of my kids will be like, don't quit because everything's possible for <laughs> those who believe like this, this verse is the one that gets thrown yeah. around as like the silly, uh, silly verse, but real world following Jesus, accomplishing the purposes of God, 
bringing kingdom realities to bear in the earthly realm, everything is possible for those who believe. So any, any follower of Jesus could visit a loved one in the hospital and lay their hands on them and pray for healing, and it could happen. Anyone could be in this weird situation where you go, I don't know if there's an evil spirit involved in this. This just happened, you know, a few, a few months ago uh, here at the church where uh, someone was experiencing, it seemed it was manifesting itself as like a mental breakdown. Yeah. And me and a few pastors and a few elders went over and it was like, and we're on the front porch. And I'm like, all right, we don't know what's going on in here. It could be evil. It could be like mental anxiety. It could be their medicine is all out of whack. So let's just go in trusting that God's going to help her, loves her. And you, know, you go in and you pray. And it was a combination probably of multiple things. Um, so you don't, you don't go into it like with this arrogance, like I've got it all figured out. You go in with a, everything is possible for those who believe. Yeah. Uh, and if we, either we have the authority of Jesus or we don't, right? And so if we do, then anything is possible. And there's no arrogance attached to that. And there's no, like, I have it all figured out attached to that. It's just a reality of who Jesus is. So everything's possible. Those who believe uh, example to follow. Here's what I wrote. Go for it. Like if all those things are true, then I have a choice to make in, in my Christianity. I can either sideline myself and just uh, limit my Christianity to listening to sermons and singing songs and being a good church attender. Or I can go for it and say, if I'm following Jesus, I, I bring all of that authority, the reality of who Jesus is, to any situation I'm in. Dude, how much does that change your Christianity? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then command, command to obey. This one, I'd be interested to hear you guys' thoughts on this one because this one comes with a question for me. When Jesus said this one comes out only by prayer, he seems to be telling the disciples to do something or to correct the way they're thinking about it. You know, it's not like this overt command, but he's telling them there was something wrong about their approach that was making them ineffective. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, they're, they're, I, it's hard to kind of like get down under, under the surface on that one because I'm trying to think of, okay, when are we supposed to be praying? You know, is he saying you haven't, you haven't been in prayer sort of habitually, you know, you're not, you're not doing this regularly. Were they supposed to do something with prayer right there on the scene? Cause I didn't, I didn't see Jesus do a particular moment where he stopped and prayed or something like that. And so there, there's, there's some question underneath of like, what is the thing that was missing there? Um, that, that I find hard to, to, to sort out. You know, one of the things I thought about there for me was when I read that, I asked like, well, what, what does that mean? And, and you know how sometimes like I can't, Something that, that I find myself doing a lot is like I can kind of get stuck in this mindset of working on a pot project and I'm kind of moving full speed ahead. And then I realize that I haven't, I haven't taken the time to invite God into the process. Um, like I'm working on my own strength. I'm doing my own thing. And it's like when things don't go my way, I get frustrated and I get angry about something, I realized, but I need this to happen. This is supposed to be happening this way right now, or I want it to go this way. And it's not until I realized, like, well, wait a second, let me take a, let me just pause for a second, realize it's not about what I need to happen or about what I want to happen. It's what does God want to happen in this particular situation right now that I realize, oh, wait a second, I actually haven't invited him in and said, God, what do you want me 
to do with this situation? How do you want to work through me in this situation? And so I wondered if it was that kind of a thing, like the disciples kind of charging forward in their own power saying, well, we have all this authority now, so we can just go and we can say, hey, be gone. And it happens without going to God first and say, okay, hey, empower me and give me what I need in order to carry this out. That's, that's what I, that's what I thought about when I, when I read it. Man, I think you nailed it. I, I, I I don't know for sure. Like, I don't think any of us could say for sure exactly what he meant, but I think you are all over the bullseye on this one. I think the disciples had some success previously. Mm -hmm. And I think they probably thought that now it was inherent in them to be able to do this thing. And what they missed was the authority is in Jesus. Even if you dial forward in the gospels and Jesus says, all authority has been given me, now you go and make disciples. Right. So prayer, when we're, when we're praying, it's a recognition that I am a limited creature and I'm talking to the unlimited God, right? And so I think when Jesus was saying, this one only comes out by prayer, he's saying, that, uh, remember, God is the one that's omnipotent, right? And mm-hmm. so there, you, I think you're right. I think there was something about them thinking it was on them and in them. Yep. And not on Jesus and in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems to be, I, I would connect it even with the theme of faith and unbelief. In there, because uh, if they think, "Hey, this is sort of an automatic thing," I already, you know, put my coin in the machine, I'm going to get what comes out uh, when I go to cast out this demon. What what Jesus seems to care deeply about is that connection between him and the disciples. Like you said before, it's not like there's a question of you know if Jesus can handle this this demon. Obviously, he can. What he cares about is whether or not they're in that that trusting relational connection with him. Mm. Uh, that seems to be the place, and that that shows up in their lack of prayer or, or their, their prayer in this situation. Yeah. So let me, let me just point out, we're having a great conversation and I know lots of small groups in our church, uh, use the Bible savvy reading plan as what they discuss when they get together in groups. And this is what you're experiencing as you listen to this podcast. If you just do the, the comma method in your own daily Bible reading, and you have a group of other believers that you gather with regularly in a small group, you could very easily just be having these kinds of conversations. Like we're, we're sitting here. I know you guys can't see our podcast studio out there, but we're sitting here. We, I promise you, there are not like scholarly books open and commentaries open. This is just three people who love reading the Bible that are having a conversation. And you could do this with other believers, use the comma method and just get together with other believers and have these kinds of conversations. And they're super fun. All right. And now we're at the end of the episode. It's application time. So I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Uh, application. Nikki, if this was your daily Bible reading, what application would you write down in your Bible savvy journal, which I know you keep with you at all times? The question that stood out to me, the father yells, he exclaims, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. We believe and we know that God is capable of answering our prayer. But sometimes we, we doubt that he actually will answer our prayer. And I think he always does. He always does. It's either by him saying no or by us waiting or answering us in a way that maybe we didn't expect, but he knows is better or he answers our prayer. And for me, I, I want the Holy Spirit. I want, I want God to show me what are the ways that he is answering them. I want to be attentive to that. Mm-hmm. So that's my application is that don't always be looking at what you want the answer to be. What is it that he is actually doing that you're just not seeing? Clayton? I think uh, 
everything is possible for one who believes is such a challenging thing, especially when it comes to how I respond to situations I, I, I come across. Because I'm so tempted. Uh, I can think of particular people in my life where there is a financial thing that just seems insurmountable. Uh, health things, mental health things, uh, where I, when I pray for them, I am I, I automatically go to the realistic thing, you know, just because it's like, well, yeah, I could see that happening, you know, and rather than praying the thing that feels embarrassing to say because it feels like there's no, you know, earthly way possible that this is going to happen. Uh, but the fact that I'd never go there, you know what I mean? Or I, I, I'm like, or if I go there, it's like, oh, okay, I feel really awkward about doing this as if, you know, and it's kind of just a, a wish dream to, to see this happen. To actually say in those moments, pray for the impossible thing. Pray, pray for the thing that you say, of course, that would have to be God. Of course, that would have to be a miracle. There, there's no other mm-hmm. way for this to happen. Um, but go there because if this is actually true, then that's actually not an unrealistic prayer. That's a realistic prayer. Yeah, that's, yeah, both of those are right in, in line with the application I drew. I just simply, I simply took uh, two statements I put in the message portion. Everything is possible for those who believe. So go for it. Even if you don't fully understand the situation, you just say, if Jesus has all the authority and God is omnipotent, then there is nothing I could pray. I mean, I could pray crazy prayers that aren't in God's will, right? Like I'm not saying pray, you know, to win the lottery and stuff like that. I'm just saying, go for it and be willing. I mean, don't be weird on purpose. Like some people are just weird, you know what I mean? And they blame it on the Holy Spirit. Like I'm not saying that, like if you're going to be weird, just own it and don't blame it on God. But I am saying, be willing to go for it and move out of that comfort zone of, uh, like you said, I forget what word you used, but like, like almost seeming like you're, uh, almost irrational. I guess some people would say, um, just go for it. The only way you're going to see these things happen is if you go for it. If you sideline yourself, you will never be in the game. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and I want to be in the game. Like when I read the gospels, I'm like, heck yeah, if I'm following Jesus, I want to be fully in the game. I don't want to be on the, on the sideline. So, all right, Nikki, bring it home. All right, guys, this was a great conversation. It's fun to dig in to the Bible together. Um, I hope that you guys listening had fun and that you took away some great applications and learned some new things about the Bible. If you check us out again next Monday, we'll have a new episode for you. Be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And for more information about the podcast, you can go to ccclife.org slash podcast. Go tell your friends and we'll talk to you next week.